Hi. <laughs> I lost it immediately. Absolutely. Said hi. Brain gone. Thoughts dead. Absolutely gone. Take I love that you were like, I'm <laughs> gonna intro us. I am such a funny intro. Welcome to Folkcraft. Uh I put the diva in divination, Aaron Oberan. And I'm Temperance. And today we're talking about homegrown divination. And we're we're you know what? We're on something good. We've got this. You know, we were like, we were going to get ready for this episode, um, and I was trying to plug in my microphone, and I was trying to figure out why my microphone wasn't plugging in, and I kept unplugging it and replugging it, unplugging it, replugging it, and I was really just unplugging my USB drive cord. So, yeah, that's where we're at today. So, um, we're talking about homegrown divination and different types of divinatory methods that you can use from home that aren't tarot or runes these are things that like you can pick up or you can even just make yourself um aaron has made their own divination system so we're going to talk about how how one would do that and why they would do that um so let's just break into it or what's like the most commonplace divination system that you use aaron that's not tarot or oracle the most commonplace playing cards 110 percent because I don't need to have, like, I don't need to have a special deck, right? Like, everything else that we're going to talk about, I have, and it's from things around the house or it's from things in the yard, but I couldn't go to someone else's house and do it, except for maybe my my homegrown one. Uh, but playing cards, who doesn't have playing cards in their house? You might not know where they are which is an issue that I had when I went camping a few weeks back, which I swear to God we had a pack in the car and i was wrong but everyone has playing cards it's super accessible um do i have it memorized no but i do have a really really wonderful resource from friend of the pod Corey hutchison uh, i was gonna reference that if you didn't yeah no like literally like it's on my 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 phone saved on my Kindle, so I can just be like, well, let me let me see what this thing says, and that's what I use as my reference. I don't know that I have assigned my own meanings, which I, of course you can, um, but Corey's book is dope and it works really well. So that's what I use, and I just announced to my spirits that that's what I'm going to use, and then you can literally do divination from anywhere. Okay, so you said something and I want to touch on it because we as practitioners use these words and the whole point of podcasts like this is to be a little bit more instructional. So you said, I announced to my spirits, what does that look like to you? What does that mean, actually? Great point. So announcing to my spirits is basically saying, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. For me, what it would look like is knocking on a table and stating like I would have literally my phone would be out on the table I would have the cover 54 devils open um so the preamble to that is 
my spirits have to know what are in the contents of 54 Devils. Um, this is just one big ad for Corey's book. Um, so I have to have read it before. I can't go in 100% blind, right? Because my spirits and I both have to be exposed to it. Normally, long before I ever start announcing it, I will read through it out loud at my altar or my desk. Normally my desk because I have a bad back. Um, and that's how we'll kind of come to know that system. Back when I used to use just too many tarot decks, I would do the same thing. You know, I would set out each card. I would read through the artist interpretation. I would state out loud my interpretation and just go one by one. So once you've established that with your spirits, they can basically utilize random chance, the images on the cards, and your predetermined statement of what you're using for messages to create and generate meaning to you through those cards or through those objects. So the announcement is knocking three times, point saying we are going to be, uh, I do have like a little spiel. Um, I call to your ancestors, my own, the guiding spirits that I work with, those spirits who look beyond space, time, and the limitations of our own foresight using the knowledge of this book, using the knowledge of these items to provide the messages that we are asking today. Something along those lines that might be even look a little bit more formal than what I would normally say. And after that statement, it's been, it's basically just making sure everyone's on the same playing field because our spirits, mind readers, some people might say, yes, I would say no. So I just make a statement to them. Hey, this is the system we're working with guys. Let's get it together. I love that because I don't do that. I do something a little similar. Like if I'm going to sit down for a divination reading where, and we'll get into these forms later in, in this conversation. But if I'm using spirit to communicate to me through the divination reading, then that's when I'm calling in. But if I'm just like reading cards, I usually don't. Sometimes I'll like request a spirit to step forward out of the spirits that I usually work with that feels like helping me today, but it doesn't matter to me whether they know the source material or not. I'm interested. This we're very off script. We barely had one to begin with, but you mentioned that you don't. So I interpret divination as direct communion with spirits. What is divination to you? Well, in in my concept of spirit and of divination, I view self-spirit, self-sovereignty as part of the piece of the puzzle, right? Like, we aren't just a spirit in a body. Like, we are spirit. So I often rely on my own self to kind of conclude the messages. So it's not like, like, okay, so for example, I'm holding these cards and you can't see them. But if you're listening to this episode, I will make sure that I post a picture of them when we're when I when we post this episode so I will usually sit down and center myself and it depends on the method in which I'm using because different types of divination have different purposes to me personally so if I'm using tarot tarot is a self-introspective tool I use it um almost like as a psychology analytic I don't use it as a fortune telling method. My fortune telling methods are palmistry, bones, sometimes dice, junk throwing. Those are the kinds of things that I would use for like 
uh, fortune telling style divination. But otherwise, I'm really just keying into deeper aspects of myself, of my spirit, of my shadow, um, and kind of trying to congeal together in a conscious way what is unseen. I love that. And I love that you have such a focus on the sovereignty of your spirit. And I 100% agree. It's not always something that I put at the forefront of my mind. But that is something that is so... And I think it's been something that we've we've mentioned, or at least you've mentioned a couple times, that sovereignty of the spirit of self, because we're just spirits having a bodily experience. Um, for me, I use... Like, if I'm going to do divination, because I'm far too self-aware to read for myself. Like, I will try and... I know my, I know my own biases. And... I, ha- I will talk a lot about biases later. Um, I can't read for myself. If I read for myself, I'm going to be picking apart every single thing. And I'm going to be either uh, disasterifying everything, making it worse than it actually is. Or I'm going to be being like, oh, it's no big deal. The exception to that is bone throwing. Bone throwing is so clear and linear that I feel pretty comfortable doing it for myself because my bones are like, what are you going to, how are you going to lie to yourself about this? Whereas Mm -hmm. any other system, I'm going to be able to basically lie to myself, especially tarot because tarot is so like, there's a good meaning in a bat and I don't do reversals. So. Okay. First, first of all, bad take. I don't do reversals. Bad fucking take. That's not even a take. It's just what I don't do. Fight. It's a take and it's a bad one because when you're looking at, just imagine, okay, just imagine if you're like, yeah, I'm going to roll the dice, um, but I'm just like not going to read. I'll roll three dice and I'm not going to read two of them. I'm just, I'm just deciding I'm not reading two of them. Like, why? What's the point of reading tarot if you're not going to read the card? Like, it's coming in reversed for a reason. A, um... Well, my cards don't come in reverse because I don't, I don't flip them. So there's that. And I just never have. When I first started reading tarot, I didn't do reversals and I never have since. It's just not something that's a part of my divination system. So you can purse your lips. This is why you're biased. This is why your tarot's biased. There's no, the tarot is not biased. I'm biased. (laughs) I'm, and I am happy to admit that I know my biases and I know my limitations because. I'd rather go to someone reputable and support local small businesses um, and get that objective lens than do it for myself, knowing my limitations. And by and large, I don't go to divination for a ton of personal stuff, for big moves, big business decisions, or like going back to school, things like that. I might do a reading for myself. Again, using a system where I feel like I'm not going to be... It's mostly the disasterification. Like, everything's going wrong. The worst thing possible is happening. Um, Most of the time, I'd rather go to another reader. Because I want objectivity in divination. Because it's so easy to not be objective. And that's also why I don't read for friends and family. Well, you said something and it touched on something else that I think is so important. When people first get into occultism, witchcraft, spirituality, whatever word you're going to use to describe what you're doing, when they first get into it and they get into any kind of divination, if they view that as a fortune-telling tool, 
sometimes you can become dependent on that answer. Like it doesn't matter what it is that you're asking. You're, you're going to consult the cards for every little thing. And then those cards dictate to you how you're, how things are going to go. So it's like, if you're having a really bad day or even a good day, let's say you're starting off your day, it's like 6am and you have this elaborate 20 step YouTube, get ready with me thing. And so you're, you're doing your, your second step, which is pull your tarot card for the day and you get the tower and automatically you've placed that bias into your head. Like, Oh no, I'm going to have a shit day. Like it's really easy to look at these as crutches for your life. And so for that reason, I also don't use them on a daily basis because I'm the kind of person that would use them as a crush. I'd be like, oh, well, like, like star weather sucks today. Can't go outside. Like Mercury's in retrograde. Guess that's what it is. Like, I just know that I'm that kind of person. So I really only use it when I need to, when I'm being called to. And that's also the risk of self-fulfilling prophecy. So... I've mentioned before that I primarily have a science-based background and I do consider myself a skeptic in most arenas. When you do those things, when you start your day with a reading, if that reading is bad and you are very serious about it, you will make that day bad. You will set the, the mood for yourself. You're setting the tone for your day in doing that. Now, if you're pulling a card a day as a, I'm going to learn the meaning, totally fine. But very if you're different. like, it's a very different thing. But if as a, as a study tool, totally cool, because then you're like, mm, I'm going to meditate on the king of hearts today. That's totally fine because you're not trying to set the energy or the, the purpose of your day with a card draw. And then most of the time, if you're doing a single, I guess traditionally, but most of the time in, as a reader, if you're pulling a single card, it's because you're looking for that binary yes or no answer. So you're trying to ca- capture your whole day with a single card. You have a pretty high, there's only what, what, 78 cards in a traditional tarot deck. And you've got, I think 10 that are just strongly negative. The rest are n- kind of neutral and some are mostly positive. So you have a small percentage that you're just going to have a bad card just buy that. And then you're going to create a bad day for that. But you also are telling your spirits, Hey, I'm going to completely limit you. You're going to tell me everything about my entire day through one card. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like my, I have a child and I was at target two weeks ago, I want to say, and we found a magic eight ball. And she wanted it so bad. And I was like, okay, like we can get the magic eight ball. So we get the magic eight ball. We come home all day long, all night long. And that was game night for me. So like I had a whole group of people here playing Magic the Gathering. Um, Actually, incidentally, it was the one that I invited you to. But um, she has this little magic ball that she was shaking on the couch. And she was just asking it things like, am I going to get married? Am I going to pass my FSAs? Am I going to do whatever? And then she was like, (laughs) but if it gave her a no answer, she would cry. And it's like, because she's a child, she doesn't, and I had to be like, you know, this is not real. Like this is for fun. Um, She's like, no, like, you know, God can speak to you through this. And isn't that how people, a lot of people do interpret cards though they interpret what they're doing their divination this is so even though in her little brain she's like yeah this is 100 percent legitimate on the magic eight ball you know like 
those are the concerns that I have for new practitioners coming in is recognizing the difference between yourself and the difference between, I don't know how I want to even explain it, but there's a difference like when you're reading divination, whether a spirit is speaking to you or not, because if you haven't called in, because in her brain, she's like, oh yeah, like God's just going to talk to me through this. Well, why would God talk to you through that, that vessel if you didn't request them to talk to you through it? That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I feel like unless you're calling to the spirits and gods are very, that's a tricky one for me because a lot of people are very willy nilly about their relationship with gods and their ability to communicate with them. I don't think that gods readily communicate with you. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I think there has to be a lot of circumstance surrounding that. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. But yeah, if you're not calling to the spirits, then you're just playing poker, man. So going back into it, so we've been talking about playing cards for a little while. How do you, you had mentioned earlier that you think that different divination systems are more fit, correct me if I'm misquoting you, but are more fitting for certain purposes than others, right? So what do you see playing cards geared towards? I think that playing cards are really geared towards, I'm trying to like figure out how I want to say it because I know the feeling that I want to describe. If I were to pull out playing cards instead of a tarot or Oracle deck, it's because I am seeking an answer outside of myself. So for Oracle decks, they have a little book and the, the answer is going to come from the book because it was up to the author to interpret that. If it's a tarot card, I'm going to interpret that. But if I'm specifically using playing cards, I'm usually calling on a different spirit and it has a much more grounded effect for me. So whereas tarot is very cerebral, um, playing cards feel like home. They feel like dirt. They feel like I'm going to my grandma's house and she's just made cookies like it's a completely different feeling and so the reason i would be entering into using playing cards over tarot cards would have to be sufficient enough to want me to feel comfortable um does that make sense no it absolutely does i does that make sense no no i I don't know if i'm trying because I'm trying to describe a feeling. So it's like, it's not like Absolutely. I'm going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to use, it's not a decision of I'm just going to use playing cards today. I'm using playing cards because the situation has warranted me bringing in an outside source to the reading. Right. I can totally see that. I think it's interesting you mentioned like grandma's house, right? Because for me, playing cards are an ancestor communication tool. Not exclusively, but that's a high association for me. Um, if you had asked me like two years ago when I was actively reading playing cards and did not have to rely on 54 devils available now on Kindle, um, <laughs> I'm good at plugging, uh, especially other people's stuff. Um, then I would have probably leaned towards div- playing cards as my no shit divination in terms of like when I pull out these it is because you have a tangible real world problem about love money employment career like very um 
mundane, tangible issues. Like I don't, for me, using playing cards is not, it's not spiritual in that I'm not using them to talk to spirits or ask things about my spiritual path, which a lot of my divination systems are designed for that. Playing cards are very much a, let's figure out what's going on in the, in the real world right now. And what's maybe happening behind the scenes that is influencing this. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, Which, you know, I think that anyone listening to this can be like, yeah, you can, you can, you can do that through tarot though. And yes, you could do that through tarot. However, I think we've both voiced because we both did hit on it. Just, I worded it differently. This is a tool that we're using to connect to like ancestor type spirits And for me, I think a part of the reason why I'm pulling these cards out instead of tarot, especially when I'm working with my ancestors, is because these cards are familiar to them. They would not have known tarot cards, but they knew these cards. And so it's a lot easier for them to assist than it would be in a tarot reading, which I would rely on myself for. Hard agree. Hard agree. And yeah, I, yeah, just hard agree. So keeping us on track, junk drawer. I love junk. I love junk drawer divinations. So when you're doing, I personally love mini brands. Specifically, I love mini brands. Those, if I come across them in the store, okay, you have never seen a mini brand. Let me just, let me just give you the full junk experience. So for those listening, um, I'm going to do a little fake thing for Aaron here, but Maybe and maybe I'll make a, a reel or something. Or maybe this will be like some special long cut. Or maybe I'll even cut this. I don't know. Um, okay, so lucky for you, I keep them on deck and fresh in case I need one. So oh, it's like a they come, egg. Kind of. Okay, so they're in like the toy section. They are toys. Um, and it they have like a million layers of plastic, and you can continue using them for magic. Even after you tell me, tell me that you that, that those are little like figurines, and you throw the figurines, and Goofy has a divinatory meat. Please, I'm here for it. I hope that's where this is going. I don't think it is by the look on your face, but I really want someone to just tell me that I have Goofy in my uh, love sphere or something like that. Yeah, you know, I can tell you whatever you want to hear. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear, Aaron, but um, I'm not going to tell you Goofy is in your love sphere because Goofy is not in these. Well, okay. if Goofy's not in it, then I don't care. He's the only Disney character I care about. This is not Disney. Is it not? Oh, I, I Googled it while you were out getting it, so I assumed they were all Disney because that was the first thing that popped up. No, this is mini brands, like the mini like shopping brands. Um, okay, so now that we have most of it open, okay, got it open. So now we are left with the orange. And so the orange itself can be saved for divination because it pops open into five little quadrants here that you have to unbox. Okay. So the first step of divination could just be that you are like, okay, like which quadrant do I feel called to open? However, that's not the kind I'm going to do. So I'm going to open all of them. Let's see what we've got. One of these should probably be like a... It's usually like a shopping basket or a stand or some bullshit. Okay. So we have a Baby Bell cheese swirl. So it's literally like a little supermarket, but in an orange. Yeah. We have McCormick brand cream of tartar. 
that is a message for you. It's a message for me. And I've been waiting to open this one. So that is a message. We have Or Ida Golden Crinkle Potato Fries. That's a message to my stomach. We have, and we have two more. Like, we have one that doesn't want to open. So I'm going to throw that. I'm sure. Okay, there we go. We have Stubbs Barbecue. That is absolutely a message because that is one of the best kinds of barbecue you can get. And I am a connoisseur. Oh, this is such a good one. And we have McCormick Paprika. Okay. This, I, I can tell that you adore this, that this I is 100% this. your shit. I love it. Okay. So usually what I do is um, I will take another item usually to represent like Quarant. And then I assign meaning. So based off whatever it is that the person or I am reading, um, I'll be like, okay, well, this, this kind of means this, or this means that, or whatever. Like I will just associate it in my head. So like off the bat, barbecue sauce community. And then we have the golden crinkle fries. I'll come back to that. I don't know what that is yet. Um, the baby bell is this so it's specifically the circular baby bells and not like it's like a wheel or not uh, god i'm explaining this wrong because baby bells are already wheels it's a spiral yeah um it's, it's the spiral baby bell um oh he's gone away from me he's dropped so that could don't be drop the baby describe um maybe things that are familiar but unknown so like a new deck of tarot cards would be familiar but unknown then we have two McCormicks. So we have cream of tartar and we have paprika. So paprika, I mean, I'll just go off of their like baking meanings on that. Okay. I still don't know what the golden crinkles are. So that's just going to be Aaron in this reading. And then you just take no, them. That fits. Huh? Yeah. Okay. We're going to just take them. And I'm just going to throw them down. And you, at this point is when you could call in a spirit to assist you, but I'm not. I'm the spirit in this reading. Um, so interestingly enough, is that you have fallen far away from ever so the cream of tartar, the paprika, and the spiral are all bunched together. But the barbecue sauce is the furthest away and it's not touching anyone. So this would definitely be like one of those readings where I'd be like, okay, well, you need whatever is going on in your life, like you need to be surrounded by people and you've been removing yourself from the people that you need to be surrounded by. So you're either going through something or blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like that's where that reading would go. And so you base the reading on how you feel based on what you've assigned these to mean. It's I like it. flash divination. I think that's really, really cool. I've never, I've never even seen those before, but I love the aspect of you not even knowing what you're getting into. Yeah, you have no clue. Like it's really, um, it, it's literally blind divination. It tests you as a, as a diviner because you have no, you have no basis before you open the pack, right? So there's not even any way that you could be like, oh well the seven of cups always means this or the three of clubs always means this. I've just pulled these fresh out of a pack and I've had to look at this bottle of barbecue sauce and go, this barbecue sauce means community. <laughs> Which is super, super fitting. So I love junk driven divination and you don't have to do it with like, 
this. Some people do it with trash, like literal trash, or they do it with Lego bits or whatever. You can use anything to do junk divination. Um, I think it's just a fun way to really test yourself as a reader because you're you're allowing communication to flow through you instead of stopping to think about what that message might mean. I think we can overanalyze the message to the point where it becomes ineffective. So let's um, let's wind up and talk about how you build your own donation system. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of use um, a case study of myself. Um, in my section of Florida, mahogany trees are very, very prevalent. And in fact, uh, the Florida Everglades has the oldest American mahogany tree in, when I say American, I mean like the kind of tree, not just like they're in America, but it has the oldest American mahogany in the world, um, in the Everglades. And I have been to it. I wish I had had the foresight to spend more time with it. I was just like, oh, that's cool. And kept going. Um, But mahogany trees are everywhere. I literally am looking at one. If I just lift up my blinds, there's one right there. So they have mahogany seeds are contained within pods and these pods, when they fall split into five perfect sections, kind of like that orange that you were showing earlier, these five perfect quadrants and kind of just looking at them one day, I was like, why haven't I used these magically? And they kind of look like, basically they do look like orange slices, but a little bit flatter. They're concave. Yeah. Like little boats. They're concave. And so there is a inside and an outside piece inside being more of an orange where it's actually touching the seed, maybe a little bit more procreative. The outside of the shell is harder, a little bit more modeled, kind of almost ugly um, because it's the protective shell. So we have these positive and negatives. And the fact that they fell into this perfect five, a very witchy number, five points of a star, all that kind of stuff. I just thought, I'm going to make a divination system out of this. And I kept it relatively simple. It's essentially geomancy with an extra row. Um, Anyone that is familiar with geomancy will know that it's just a binary divination system. So it's one, two, one, two, one, two, and every combination possible of four lines. With my divination system, it's that. The system is completely different. The symbols are similar because it's just those geomantic figures with an added line to it. So the inside is associated with one. The outside is associated with two. You take up all five, you hold it in one hand and you drop them. And then you put them in order of how they fell. The outer shells. So this one would be two, one, 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 two. And then I would have a kind of spreadsheet that shows me what the figures mean. That's the fun part. But before I could get to the fun part, I had to make sure that this is a viable system for divination. What I mean by viable is, is there actual randomization to it? Because we're working with organic materials that are being found outside. There is a possibility that there can be a bias within the piece. You know, they could always fall on the concave side. So it would always be a one or it could even just be more likely And if it's within that realm of more likely, then it's not random, which means that all of the throws are going to be inherently biased, making your actual meanings a whole lot less impactful. So the process is kind of long, but it's very simple. I mark each piece and I throw it 100 times. 
very, very easy. You can get really simple percentages that way. Uh, it does take a while because you're throwing a piece, you're throwing all the pieces together 500 times. But what you're looking at is essentially you want to get somewhere around the 50% mark, 50% on the inside and 50% on the outside with a margin of error, right? 10% acceptable margin of error. So if I were to get 40 inside and 60 outside on a single piece, I'd still be pretty happy with that because that's pretty close to your middle range. You do that for all of them. If they start to fall outside of that, then maybe they're not great. Uh, the first throw I ever did with them was 50-50 on the dot, which was very promising. Um, this is Some people are going to love this. Some people are going to think this is so boring. But I love this part of it because it is that part where you're not just woo-wooing it about. You're actually taking the time to carefully look at what you're doing and make sure, like, is this something that's going to actually work? Or am I just doing something because I think it'll be cool? And that's fine. But taking the time to make sure that this is viable was really, really important to me and also got me much more familiar with mahogany. And again, this is something that is outside. As the pieces dry up, they might lose their lack of bias. They might become more biased as they dry up and shrink and change their shape. So I might have to go out and harvest them again. And we're actually in the season where mahogany pods are dropping. So this is a good time to do that. Um, after I've done all that work, I throw them together, make sure that I'm not getting like, oh, wow, I'm getting the exact same figure in a row, in a row, in a row. No meanings are assigned to anything. Um, after I've made sure that I've done a bunch of test throws and it's relatively random, that's where the fun thing comes in, assigning meanings to the figures. And that's probably where the biggest influence from Geomancy came in for me. Um, I would look at the figure and just write down immediate associations with what that figure looked like, which is a little bit harder than when you think about something like runes, right? A mm -hmm. rune has more stylization and character to it. This is just dots in a row. Um, but you can find things that look like a cage or one of the figures is the ladder because it's two, one, two, one, two, one. So if you drew that out, it kind of looks like a little ladder that you're climbing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to make sure this is one of the things that messed me up was the math of it. Uh, making sure that I actually did all of the figures. It took me a while to realize that you have to do, I think it's five to the second power or no, you have to do two to the fifth power, um, to get all of the combinations of figures possible so that you're not left out in the dirt. And there is a bit of a method, like a methodology to creating the symbols correctly and not skipping anything and then mm -hmm. getting to 30 and realize you're missing two and then have to restart the whole process over again. So that is all of the like footwork for what I did for my homegrown divination system. And while not everything has to be that involved because not everyone's going to have mahogany, not everyone's going to have these uh, seed pods that are perfectly symmetrical and break off into five, but I hope it does kind of give an example of how you can approach this with as much potential non-bias as possible, right? Like you can weed out variables and you can make your divination system as viable as possible because the more random it is, the more manipulable it is by your spirits, in my opinion. What I love about you explaining your divination system, to be honest, is that 
when I think about like all the little things that I do around that, like that might or might not be my own or whatever, I'm never checking for bias. I don't care. Um, if I'm biased, I guess I'm biased, but like I'm in my little pea brain, I'm like, oh, well, like I'm, um, I'm looking for an intuitive reading and that can also be a downfall, you know, like people who do just like want, you know, to do an intuitive reading. So if I were to pick up a mahogany pot and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to throw this. Oh, it's on, you know, it's on its backside or whatever. I guess like this, like maybe I'm not taking enough protective measures or, you know, blah, 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 and just be done with it as seeking that type of meaning versus, you know, a full in-depth reading. I don't know. There's just like something cool about you creating a whole system and like wanting to quantify what like the percentages are and stuff. I think that's cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's also the nice thing about being like highly analytical and getting your statistics right on the front end of things during the creation process is once you have that out of the way, then you can just do the intuitive reading part of it. You can Mm -hmm. do, because it is binary. You can do the throws and I know I've tested out the pods and I know that I can throw it. Okay. This is the inner part of the shell. This is the creative force. We're podcasting right now. This is, we're doing creative actions. We're creating things. We're making things out in the world. Even if it is ephemeral and just the voice projected through digital media, you know, once you have all of that other stuff taken care of, then you get to get to the fun part. Um, And I also took this approach with my bone reading. That's why a lot of, my pieces took a long time to solidify because before I had the possum bones signifying, you know, the quarant, I had a ball of palmetto hair. Um, and that was super biased. And that's what kind of got me on this kick of checking your systems for bias, because I noticed as I would throw my bone set that the thing that represents the person would pretty much always land in the center. Mm -hmm. And it's because hair is light. It is, it's, Technically, it's not hair. It's little red fibers on the palmetto. It's between the um, the boots of the tree. It's not technically a tree, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's just balled up. And it would always land in the very center because it's just really light. And it wouldn't bounce around like the other pieces. The other pieces would hit the surface and they would bounce around. And so anytime I read for someone, whatever happened to end in the middle would be about them, quote unquote. But... If it's always landing in the center, then that's not necessarily an accurate way to represent someone because you aren't allowing that random chance to play a part. And in my opinion, if there's not randomization, it's not divination, which is why I don't use pendulums. I don't use pendulums either for a number of reasons, but for... God, someone listening to this is going to be like, temperance is a fucking asshole for this one. Pendulums are literally your body's way to give you the answer you want to see. Yep. That's- no, that's that's scientifically validated. It, it That's 100% true. And I'm sorry to people who love their pendulums, but they're not divinatory tools. I I also am I'm not good at and I'm not going to I'm not going to give like this is a not heat for the system. I'm just not good at it. The copper poles, the dowsing rods or whatever. Oh, dowsing, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. 
I've never done dowsing, but I have family members who have, and I have family, living family members who, who do water witching. Um, yeah. And that's actually a really old Florida tradition. And what's interesting is I'll give dowsing because it gets results. So I will, even though there is something to be said about like biometric feedback with the dowsing rods, it's not as obvious as with pendulums. With pendulums, it is 110% like the micro movements of your fingers making that happen. And I used to be obsessed with pendulums when I was in high school. And then our psych teacher in high school was like, all right, we're going to do a little thing. Uh, I'm going to show you guys magic. And we made pendulums. And at the end of it, she was like, wasn't that crazy? Yeah. Here's how you guys made that happen. Um, And explained the scientific process of pendulums. And so maybe that's where my obsession with bias and divination started with. Actually, I attribute it to that little furball, but it probably dates back to that psych class back in <laughs> high school because it was very evident to me that no, this is not, this is your body. This is literally biometric feedback. You are expecting something to happen. You are holding it. You are making it swing in this direction. And yeah. You can, you can say that a spirit's possessing you and, and, or, your spirits are moving. If you want to say your spirit is moving through it, that's on you. I would still say, nope, it is your desire moving it for exactly yeah. like you said, you're getting the result that you want. And why wouldn't you just use a different binary system that you don't have so much influence over? Flip a coin. I guess if you're coming into it with the perspective, though, that you're going to interpret it in your favor regardless, what does it matter if they spend their money on tarot cards or a pendulum? They're going to, you're going to read it the way that they want it to be read. So even if they're getting like, you know, they're like, oh, sh- like, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Are we going to break up? And the pendulum says, no, they're not cheating on you. And no, you're not going to break up. And then you read a tarot card and you get the three of swords and you get the tower. Maybe you're going to interpret that and be like, Oh, well, we're definitely not going to break up. Like he's just going through a really difficult time. And so it's like changing the way that we respond to each other. And it's like, you're, you're going to find that. I, so, and I don't care if people think it's a hot take. When you know, something's invalid, you shouldn't be utilizing it. Um, I would say there's a huge difference between those two things. The pendulum is responding to your micro movements. And you might not necessarily be actively trying to, you might not be on a, like a a super conscious level being like, I just want this to say what I want, but that's always what's going to happen with that. Whereas with tarot, if you're getting the three of swords and the tower, and we're assuming that this is someone who genuinely believes in the effectiveness of tarot, and you say that it's not a bad thing, you're actively trying to convince yourself of that. So I do think that there is a little bit of a difference in there, whereas tarot can, tarot is an outside source that is just random. Like there's nothing in the micro movements of your body unless you're stacking the deck, and then that's fully conscious, that's fully a process you're doing because I don't know why. Um, I mean, people will definitely, especially because I work in like a, a witchcraft occult store, people will come in and they'll, we have like little decks out that you can play with, you know, they'll come in and they'll pull cards and not like them and just keep pulling cards on top of those cards yeah. until they get where they oh, want. Oh, for sure. 
Well, and that's just people being foolish, right? Like, and that, I mean, we could just talk about the purpose of divination and why that's not a good thing to do. Um, but we're already, we're our way, way over this little over limit. That, time, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so. Hmm. No, I was just going to say, I do, th- I, for me, it is important that we talk about things like pendulum because I do believe it's something that people should not be utilizing because you're not getting that truly random experience. You're also not connected to it. It's not something that you're putting a lot of time and effort into. Even your dice, you can put more energy and, and affection into your dice as a divination system if you wanted to. Oh, one day we're going to have to touch on the sacrifice versus offerings because that's that goes it, it touches into that too. Like just the intention behind it. And the effort that you go through for it. So oh, okay, I see what you're saying now. For a second, yeah. I was like, why is that a and then I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so that has been Folkcraft. Aaron, where can the people find you? The people can find me on the gram. I am at Aaron Oberin. You can also find my books, Southern Cunning, Folklore Witchcraft in the American South, wherever books are sold, and some places that they're not sold. And I'm Temperance, and my book, Year of the Witch, is available everywhere books are sold, and my planners, Year of the Witch, are available on Amazon. So, that's it. Have a great weekend. Have fun. Go divine something, kids. Go divine something. Goodbye. Goodbye.